When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. I'm Colm Cronin and my co-host is a man who is a horror writer of some renown, is the wonderful Stuart Roach. Stuart, I would imagine if you were to spend time with Stephen King, with John Carpenter, with Stanley Kubrick... And I gave you all the time in the world. You could not have come up with something akin to what we saw last Sunday in Miami. I think if Stephen King had gone to his editor column and said, um, sort of the, the, the second last scene of my latest horror opus will have Mike White coming in in relief of Tua as a kind of an act of mercy and then proceeding to um, turn into Brett Favre for, you know, a quarter. He would have, Stephen King would have been laughed out of his of his agent's or editor's office for the sheer preposterousness of it all. Um, you know, I, I kind of was, I, I couldn't see the first half, like something that I'd booked in previously. <laughs> and probably for the first time in my life, I was, Secretly delighted that that was the case. I was going to miss uh, 
some of the Broncos. Um, so I sent you a text when, when I got out of the thing that I'd already been committed to doing. And you said it is every bit as bad as I could imagine. Um, and even that, I think, was 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 not sufficient um, because it was far worse than I or I think anybody could have imagined. Um, historically bad, Colin. And I think you and I have long used the unmerciful beating that the Broncos received from an incredible 49ers team in Super Bowl 24 as, as a kind of a benchmark for for sporting um, excellence or for, you know, uh, it, it, it has been, it, it, it has been something that we would go to regularly in conversations occasionally on this on this podcast um and that paled in comparison to what we witnessed on sunday and um, bear in mind Colin, that that both that 49ers team at super bowl 24 and indeed some some of the broncos players like john elway and steve atwater there, there was a it was a multitude of hall of famers on display in super bowl 24 which in some ways i think may kind of not that you would excuse the beating that the Broncos got, but that 49ers team, I think, had reached the pinnacle of its powers. Um, and I think on that evening, as Wade Phillips kind of mentioned on, in, in, in his book, if they'd had 15 defenders, they weren't going to be able to to stop Joe Montana that night. Um, you can kind of accept that for one of the all-time great teams reaching the, the absolute zenith and everything clicking. And, and you just sometimes have to say, yeah, that is one of the all-time great performances. The Dolphins are hugely exciting, Colin. I think, you know, if you were able from, you know, to take yourself from behind the couch or to stop the crying um, and to distance yourself from what you were witnessing, you could not help but be impressed with what they've done. You know, they've drafted young quarterback and had some question marks around him, himself. They've catered to his strengths. They've put together a game plan that really suits him. Um, but the Dolphins are not that Super Bowl team um in, in, in Super Bowl twenty four. Um and I don't know how many Hall of Famers the Dolphins are gonna end up having on that team. So I am still kinda trying to come to terms, Colin. Sometimes we record this on a Monday, sometimes we record this on a Wednesday. I actually think it's probably better for the um the the the, the um the the, the the parental guidance um when it comes to this podcast. Yeah. That we didn't record this on a Monday because I, I, I think Joe Pesci in Goodfellas probably would have used less bad language than you and I would have been tempted to. Um, but just, you know, I, there are times in column you do find yourself, one finds oneself sort of cliche bound with certain things, but but th- this was historically awful. Um, it was historically awful for the Denver Broncos, and it was almost historically awful from an NFL point of view, and only for the fact that Mike McDaniel, who could have absolutely stuck the dagger through the heart should he have wanted to but didn't um, and showed tremendous class in that moment in not going for the field goal and he would have been fully entitled to given the the the, the way he was treated by the Broncos organization uh, only for that fact only for the fact that Mike McDaniel is, is seems like a genuinely good guy and somebody who cares about the Broncos despite them doing everything to make him not want to uh, it could have been the worst beating in the NFL since the Super Bowl era started. And that's where we're at after Sunday night. I I I'm going I agree with ninety nine percent of what you said. I actually think Mike McDaniel didn't kick the field goal in 
in order to almost lord it over Sean Payton a little bit more. And I say that for a number of reasons. To me, Stuart, it felt like, and, and again, we talked, touched on this last week, uh, podcast listeners at, at Just United, this felt like when Alex Ferguson uh, used to lord it over Arsene Wenger and he pitied him. And when you are using pity, you are showing who the alpha is, who is the big boy in, in the room. And there are a number of reasons for that. Um, we we all remember uh, Sean Payton's comments over the, the summer. Um, I, I was sad he walked them back. But other people who took note of that were the QB Collective on uh, Twitter. And the QB Collective, many listeners may know them, some may not, are essentially a group of Mike Shanahan coaches. Kyle Shanahan has the login. I don't think he tweets, but he does have the login to the account. Mike McDaniel is obviously part of that family and they took enormous umbrage to Sean Payton and the way Sean Payton went about his business and um, they took great delight on Sunday in rubbing it in his face. A couple of other things to note that last year when Sean Payton was an analyst, uh, he was advocating for Teddy Bridgewater to replace Tua uh, even at the beginning of the season. And you obviously had the Vic Fangio impact as well. And don't get me wrong, I, I liked Sean Payton's aggressive approach. I I commented on it at the time, I, I like it. But when you do make those comments, you need to be able to stand behind them. Now, I, I did, was speaking actually to uh, a Jaguars beat writer, Mia O'Brien, and she said, um, and, and in fairness, this isn't revisionist, she did talk about it at the, at the time, she said uh, that she felt the comments were giving Sean Payton, uh, you know, a, 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 more of a buffer than, than he even needed to say, look, things are awful, awful here. Everybody had their finger in the pie. You've got to understand, the, uh, you know, how bad things were. And that's how she took it. But Whatever way it, it went, I just think this was Mike McDaniel's, you know, having a final kind of dig at, at Sean Payton. And obviously, Sean Payton was very tetchy in the press conference afterwards. I mean, the, the score itself, it was like something from Madden. I didn't think I'd ever see 70 scored in an NFL game you know I kind of sometimes look at college football it's why I don't watch a lot of college football because you see scores like this to me Stuart it was like the the days when you'd read about Dixie Dean scoring kind of 60 goals in a season and you think that was never going to happen and then Ronaldo and Messi start doing it well now all of a sudden the Dolphins are doing it in terms I suppose of the the aftermath and the way in in which it has played out um, you know, I didn't th- I didn't expect any any firings. I, I I think it was it came so early in the season, but in terms of how the team has responded, in terms of some of the comments from players, what and you know a few days removed from it, what what is your your feeling about you know the the Broncos as they head into Week Four? They're a car crash, Paul. The organization is a massive embarrassment. Um, they have tried at times to, to to make moves to fix it, but 
to me, and and I and I, you know, I don't want to go over old ground on this, but and I and I think you agree with me. There has never been the proper embrace of the of, of the need to just blow the whole thing up and start from scratch. So I think there's been this this sort of. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas illusion that we're only this away we're only a quarterback away well then we go and get a quarterback and then we have a, a, a terrible season last year we're only a, a head coach away we get a head coach who has won a super bowl he comes in and he oversees the worst loss in the franchise's history um so what, what what's it going to be now i mean the fact is colin we are now in a situation where we will probably beat the Bears and we will probably beat the Jets and then everything will be fine. We'll be two and three and then we will be annihilated by the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, we might sneak a game against the Chargers because the Chargers have a tendency to, to drop one against us. We might sneak a game against the Vikings. But the rest of the season, you're looking at maybe. Colin, if this team finishes any more than five and 12, I will be stunned. I will be absolutely stunned. Um, we've a difficult enough schedule. It's a tricky schedule. Um and, you know, there just aren't that many gimmies. I would say probably the Jets for the simple reason they don't score enough points now that Rodgers is injured. And the Bears may actually be worse than us, um, which, you know, beggars belief if you were a Chicago Bears fan that's a team actually worse than us. Where I am at, Colin, is I, I think as of now, um, Thomas Hall um, was, uh, I, I think last week he'd said it, that he thinks that now is the time to start feeding Sutton and feeding Judy as much as possible to try and get some trade value for them. Trade everybody. Trade absolutely everybody. Anybody that you can get anything for, trade them as of now. Unfortunately, no one's going near Russell Wilson because of that outrageous contract and also because he's just not worth it. Um, Anybody else that's got any value, I know we talked about this last week, I still would be reluctant. uh, That's not to say I wouldn't, but I'd be reluctant to give up Pat Sertan I think he's the one genuine class player we have. I think Justin Simmons is probably the one after that. But even then with Justin Simmons, Colin, you're looking at this point in time and you're kind of going, we desperately need draft capital because if you're if you're in with the Sean Payton experience, I think you start you're gonna to start to need to get him stuff to play around with. Um and you know, you're looking at it now, Colin, where I think you we have had so few drafts, uh, so few draft picks in the last few years, and our draft picks have been hit and miss. I think we're all very quick to crown you know, such and such, this third rounder is going to be brilliant and suddenly, you know, oh, look out for this guy. He's going to really push the incumbent starter and then we never hear from him ever again. Um, So there is a massive dearth of talent on this roster, which has been born out of not having enough draft picks and also not being particularly um, efficient when it comes to free agency. And I think we are now in a situation where we have to do everything we can to ensure that we can get rid of any contracts that we can't get off the books, get any kind of draft capital to try and and really do something. And like Con, just even talk about now, do Denver embrace the tank? We don't have to embrace the tank, Colin. The tank is coming. It's got nothing to do with us whatsoever. It's not like we will choose, oh yes, let's go out and lose games. We're doing that anyway. And, um, you know, 
putting in uh, Stidham for Wilson, is that going to make a huge difference? Probably not. No, I mean, Russell got himself 50, 60-odd yards garbage time at the other, you know, at the end of the game, which makes him go over 300 yards. And, you know, you see all this stuff about, oh, you know, we, we've still, we're the most efficient team per possessions. Um, we lead the league and blah, blah, blah. Like, the offense, you know, I mean, how, how are people still falling for this rubbish? The offense scored zero points in a shootout in Miami in the second half. Zero points. But the offense isn't the problem. Russell's fine. The offense is, is the problem. The, the headline this week, of course, Colin, is the defense because the defense gave up a, a ridiculous and record, almost record-breaking amount of points. The offense isn't much better, let's be honest. There's just very, very few positions on this group, very few um, units that you can look at and say, yeah, they're 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 competently constructed. We thought the secondary might have had that. Then we realized that the secondary is only as strong as its weakest link. And unfortunately, both Mathis and particularly Jackson are absolutely their weakest links and they're being targeted mercilessly. Um, and it's starting to affect players like Pat Sertan, who was roasted on a number of occasions uh, at the weekend. So, Colm, as you say, where are we going into week four? As far as I'm concerned, the season absolutely is over. Um, and you now are being remiss if you're not taking serious steps to try to safeguard some kind of future that the team may have. And it's about time. Like, let's pretend that it is now 2015 and Peyton Manning has walked off into the sunset. What you need to do now is go, okay, let's start from scratch. We're, you know, eight, nine years late. Well, let's start. Let's let's finally go there because there's no point. There's there's nothing. What what's happening, Colin? We're not. We haven't got a hope of a winning season this year. So what you need to do now is you need to 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 try to to ensure that you go in to the draft and you go into free agency with with plenty of cash to spend, which is going to be very difficult because Russell Wilson eats up so much of our salary cap. Top five pay quarterback next year, uh, and he's playing like a you know mid tier at best quarterback. Got to get as much draft capital as we can, Colm, so we can finally do something with it. And if we are in the top five, Colm, and we do not make a play for Caleb Williams or do we not make a play for uh, May from Carolina or Bo Nix or whoever it is, then, you know, serious ads after all. You know, we've been down there. This We've been here before, Colm. We've had a high-end draft pick. We haven't used it. We've picked players that have an impact. There are no franchise quarterbacks. Bradley Chubb was not the right pick at that stage. Um, if we find ourselves in this position, which it looks like we're going to, we cannot fail yet again. We have to make this count. And accept the fact, yeah, it's going to take a year or two for this quarterback to, to turn it around. Last year, we were talking about is Trevor Lawrence, you know, is, is he in danger of becoming a bust? And then he turned it around. So I think the, 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 the franchise, the fans, we have to just get it ready in, you know, and accept the fact that the next couple of years may not be great, but ultimately we'll get there because the last seven, eight years have been terrible anyway, and we're no closer to getting it fixed. So I think that's where I am in regards to the Broncos going into week four. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I echo a lot of what you said. I, I would build on one aspect of it in that um, 
yeah, a few years ago, we were told about how loaded this Broncos team was. Well, ha- have a, a look at the the weapons and, and how that has played out. Uh, we were just a QB away. Last season was entirely put on Nathaniel Hackett. Um, this season appears to be entirely put on, on Vance Joseph. And I've, Vance Joseph comes up in every single uh, podcast we have. People know my feelings on it. But this isn't all Vance Joseph. This is the chickens coming home to, to roost. This is the Broncos trying to cut corners. This is refusing to acknowledge that the team needed to rebuild. And I I understand the reluctance to consider trading Pat Sertan. He is a gifted cornerback, but you saw his father uh, tweeting at the weekend saying, you know, he's wasting his time, he's toiling in the sun. Um, I, I think depending on what you were to get, I think you have to do it because, like, look around. Like, that was a Dolphins team. Again, this is the point, right? Because people will always point to the Broncos injury. They were missing Jalen Waddle, right? Who was one of the absolutely fantastic wide receivers in the league. And they were missing Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is going to be out for most. Now, if the Broncos were missing one of the best cornerbacks in the league and one of the best wide receivers in the league, we would hear nothing but excuses. Instead, the Dolphins went out and put up 70 points. People need to just stop focusing on injuries. It's next man up. You get on with business. And the problem is that the Broncos have given so much up for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton that they do have to stockpile now. Let Patrick Sertan go somewhere where he can be on a contender and make it a win-win for for everybody. The reality is, is that in a bad team, a badly coached team and a badly run team, an elite cornerback is not going to make enough of a difference. And so that's why you'd have to get the right deal. Don't get me wrong. But I do think you you have to countenance it because the the hole that we find ourselves in, there's there's no pass rush. There's no explosion. Javante is working his way back, but ultimately he's under four yards carry currently. Like where, where is going to, the wins, the wins will come from the fact that we are about to, to play the worst team in the league and the worst team and the worst run team probably in in the league since certainly the the Browns or the Lions went 0-16. I mean, the Bears are an absolute disaster. Uh, They've got every decision wrong. The Broncos have got almost every decision wrong since Super Bowl 50, certainly every major decision. And if Sean Payton is to have any chance you know, he, he needs to rectify the situation pretty quickly. I, I didn't love the way in which he's handled the aftermath. I thought it was in stark contrast in some ways to how Bill Parcells, who is his mentor, uh, handled his business. So we, we will see. But I think in terms of, get, uh, you know, this season and, and perception, I suppose you, you don't want it to be lose, lose, lose. So I think there's a gift in playing the Bears and in playing the Jets because the Jets, I mean, the the Jets are like us. They appear to, you know, be doing the same thing and expecting different results. Zach Wilson is not an NFL QB. He's not even a backup QB. 
and they're running it back. Now they've brought in Trevor Simeon. Uh, Stuart, if we go back in time, there are Broncos fans from 2016 and 2017 that would tell you that if Trevor Simeon had the right weapons, he could be a very good quarterback in this league. Well, he's now in New York. They have the weapons. Let's see uh, how that works out. But I, I do think this is a team that needs to accept where they are and to to go back and, and really rebuild because Russell Wilson is not Peyton Manning. He is not Tom Brady. And I looked, I suppose, ultimately, you don't expect to, to compete for a Super Bowl, obviously, every year. But the reason you, you played the game is you want to you want to win a Super Bowl. You want to compete for a Super Bowl. So for the past 20 Super Bowls, I was looking at this going back to the 2003 season. 15 have been won by draftees, right, to that team. Obviously, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Peyton Manning make up a chunk of that. And five were won by QBs who were traded or free agent QBs. So you say, mm, well, maybe, you know, Russell Wilson, they, it, it could work out. But, but two of those free agent QBs are Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Uh, and the other one is, uh, one of the others is Drew Brees, another Hall of Fame QB. So that only leaves Nick Foles, right, in that weird season where Carson Wentz could have been the MVP before the injury, and Matthew Stafford. So essentially to win the win a Super Bowl with Russ, all you need is the best defense in the league, and the maddest, most unlikely playoff run and trick play imaginable, the Philly special. Or you need possibly the greatest defensive tackle of all time, a wide receiver playing out of his mind. Cooper Cup won the, the Triple Crown that year and a, a genius offensive mind. You would hope that we have a genius offensive mind in Sean Payton, though the QB collective threw enormous shade at him basically uh, call it, calling him a, a copier rather than an innovator. I hope that puts a fire under Sean Payton um, and that he wants to, to prove uh, them wrong. But it it is bleak. It, it's probably as bleak as it's been just because of the contract, because there's no easy way to get out of this. And, and the Broncos are going to have a huge decision to make next offseason, because if Russ, from my understanding, if Russ is on the roster in the fifth um, day of the 2024 league season, that 2025 salary becomes fully guaranteed. So you're locking yourselves into two years of this. And um, I, I just think that Broncos fans, you've been you've been sold a pup. You've been led astray by some of the stories and some of the spin that it has been put out there about how good this team is, how good the roster is, how good George Payton is about spotting and evaluating talent. It's 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 not true. It's not there. The The roster outside of a handful of, of individuals is devoid of real talent and explosiveness. And it's going it's going to take a full rebuild. Now, if you embrace the rebuild, it can be done. I mean, you look at the way in which the Eagles were able to do it. Um, but they had a super smart GM uh, in Howie. They they got lucky. You do need a bit of luck. They looked themselves into to Jalen Hurts uh, because they were in the Deshaun Watson and the Russell Wilson sweepstakes as well and ultimately didn't work out for them. 
Um, but they put talent around Jalen Hurts and they had an owner who was in lockstep with the uh, with the GM. So it can be done, but that I think that's ultimately what, what we have to hope for. I, I mean, I, again, it's funny, Stuart, because we're, we're sitting here and we're talking about all the doom and gloom, but like we, we even, I, I, and it's, are we good enough, unfortunately, to take ourselves out of the top five picks inadvertently? Or do you think that a top five pick, if not the number one or number two, is almost a lock at this point? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm just going to, you know, I, I was looking at the schedule column, so I, I, I think... In a bizarre way, I think we'll somehow manage to make the Bears game interesting, even though there's no right for it to be interesting. But I do think we'll probably win. Um, the Jets can't score. Like, you do see the Jets team, and you go, there's a lot of talent on that team. But, you know, you can see wide receivers throwing helmets on the sideline because they're wide open. And I mean, NFL standards wide open. They're even wide open, like, for college, and Wilson just can't see them. So we'll probably beat the Jets. You've got the Chiefs, the Packers, then the Chiefs again, and the Bills. They're four losses, absolutely four losses. All, 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 you know, we may make the Packers game interesting because I'm pretty sure that's home. Um, but I, I'd expect four losses. So kind of games then, column like the Vikings, I think are interesting. Um, games against the Browns, if the Browns continue to play the way they have been, you'd expect them to beat us. Like the Texans, hard to know. Um, you know, they've shown a sign of life. You know, they, they had a really unexpected win the other day. Uh, the Lions, the Patriots, like, look at the Patriots column. You know, I mean, look, clearly, Bill Belichick may not be the greatest head coach of all time because it's not all about Super Bowls. Bill Belichick is easily the greatest defensive coordinator that's ever even come close to coaching the NFL. And Belichick's teams are like this year in particular. I've, I've seen a couple of Belichick team, uh, a couple of Patriots games. They're not great. They don't have a huge amount of talent. They have a bang average, and that's being kind uh, quarterback. Mike Jowett is absolutely not anyone's idea of what the answer is. And yet Belichick has them in every game. Like, they're in games that they shouldn't be in. Like, they, they, they nearly beat the Eagles. They nearly beat the Dolphins. Um, and they shouldn't have, but they did because they're well-coached and they can maximize talent. Um, so, like, let, let's be generous. Let's say we win the two games against the Bears and the Jets, and let's say we get a we sneak a game that we're not expected to, to win. So let's say we beat the Vikings, we beat the Texans. I think that's it, Colin. So what are we looking at? Four? Five? Maybe one more. Maybe maybe there's a strange game. No, let's say we'll take one of the Chargers games because the Chargers have a habit of losing silly games that they've no business losing. Five. So what? Five and 12. Surely, Colin, that will put us in the top five for drafts. Surely that one's five. I would have thought so. Um, you know, the Bears are terrible, obviously. Um, the Cardinals, I mean, they... they Like, that's the thing called that would drive you insane. Is the Cardinals were everybody's pick to have a number one draft pick in the NFL. 
I looked earlier on and there was a mock draft. The Cardinals, because of a trade, were, they were actually were picking one in three in this mock draft a couple of weeks ago. Like, that's how bad the Cardinals were projected to be. And yet they're still capable of beating the Cowboys. Um, we just seem to be incapable of beating anybody. Um, I think we'll look out with this this next. But what will happen then, Colin, is everybody will convince themselves, or nearly everybody convince themselves, that everything is fine and Russell's great and it's going to be okay. And the defense that had long, hard conversations with each other. And then they get smashed in the next four games after that. So I'm not exactly sure when the trade deadline is, Colin. I know it is in October. Um, it, let's say, do you know the exact date, Colin? Because I'm not sure. But let's say it's after the second Chiefs game, for argument's sake. We will probably be 2-7. and seven. If we're 2-7 and seven by trade deadline, Colin, we have to sell everything. Everything that we can conceivably get rid of. Has to happen. The, the trade deadline is October 31st. It, yeah. it's, it's Halloween, fittingly. Yes. Very, very fittingly. So I think, you know, there will be no, there will be only tricks and no treats unless we just, you know. So as I said, we will beat the Bears probably. We'll beat the Jets because they can't score. I think we're going to lose the next four yet. So we're two and seven going into trade deadline call. We have to trade anything. And also, I, I think on a Facebook group that we're both members of, I think we were having a conversation with our old friend Mick, and and we were talking about we have to be realistic in regards to what we accept for certain players, like the talking about you know Trey Garth Bowles, you know even even talking about like yeah Trey Garth Bowles, don't expect the second round for Garth Bowles, take what you can for Garth Bowles, and Garth Bowles had that one season where they stopped calling uh, holding, and suddenly Garth Bowles looked like a pro bowler. Garth Bowles has been Garth Bowles ever since. Um, take what you can get anyone Corlin Sutton you know if you can get a third round of Corlin at this stage absolutely go for it um, like one of the things that frustrated me and Dan Colin was that like A-Chain the guy who absolutely shredded us the other night and um, Cecil Lamy who I always thought was a very very good judge of college talent he, he that's what he you know he spends a lot of time watching it and um, he's he's always had a particularly good eye for running backs he was banging the table um, for the Broncos to draft A-Chain um, and we drafted Riley Moss instead. Now, I'm not going to slam a guy who's never played for the team. He, you know, he's been injured, Riley Moss. But it would be a surprise if Riley Moss had the same kind of impact on the Broncos, at least this season, as A-Chain is having with Dolphins already. Um, you know, so I think we all wanted another running back. We didn't get one. P. Wright is who P. Ryan always was, Colin. And I think we took a massive gamble on Javante Williams. Javante, you can see he is doing his best. And there are flashes, as you pointed out. But to me, it doesn't look like Javante is able to play a full game yet, Colin. I think he visibly tires. I think you can see that. I think, you know, I think we've asked a huge amount of him. And, and I think it was almost unfair to ask this of him. We should have drafted a running back. We didn't. We picked up McLaughlin, who, you know, looked very impressive in preseason. But we've been here before. Does he look like he's the new Philip Lindsay? Not right now. He looks like a guy who was a great story to make the, the roster fair play. Um, so I just think, look, if, if if things go the way I predict that they will, if we're two and seven, trade deadline, sell everything, absolutely anything, fire sell, you name it, and then I think that will probably be the first step in hopefully getting this thing fixed, which will take some time. But otherwise, you just tread in water again, Colin. You just tread in water again. Like what's going to happen? Say we we you know we, we go no no we're not we're not we're not tanking we're gonna we're gonna you know. 
we're going to stick with what we are. We're going to see the season out and blah, blah, blah. And we finish five and 12 or six and 11. What's cha- what changes? What changes next year? Nothing. Nothing. And then, as you said, five five days in, if Russell is still on the team, then you've committed to him. And that the, the, the contract is horrendous and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And you want to talk about Halloween, Colin. Russell Wilson's contract in 2025 is, it, you know, it, it is a, a thing to 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 scare grandchildren with if they're being naughty. It is that bad and that team unfriendly. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I I mean, I I think they're they're they're... Because of the nature of the NFL, there may be a surprise in there. I, just because it, it is shocking. I mean, the the Cardinals, as you said, to go on to to beat that Cowboys defense that had looked so so impressive, and not an a fluke victory. I mean, they deserve to to win that game. They put a great game plan to counter what the the Cowboys were going to to do to them. I, I think it's interesting if you look around the, the league, uh, fans of various different teams kind of looking at the, the Broncos and circling like vultures, uh, plenty of 49ers fans uh, who see the possibly the one weakness on their team uh, being cornerback saying they should really look uh, at Pat Sertan. I know that the Packers talking as well, fans there kind of looking and saying, you know, the Maybe the North is more open than they expected. Uh, so there will certainly be interest in that. Uh, I, I can imagine um, that the rest of the league is probably going to look on with abject horror as the Broncos take on the Bears at the at the weekend and again against the, the Jets the, the week after. I do think we should hopefully have enough to, to score po- enough points in, in both those games. Uh, but... I can't imagine it is going to to be pretty. The one, the one bright spot from the the season is Marvin Mims, who has, uh, you know, uh, really been explosive, um, and uh, is is the real outlier, uh, um, certainly amongst the rookie wide receivers. So uh, at le- at least there is that, and maybe you know the way uh, in the Premier League, uh, Stuart, they were you could at at one point pick a player camp that just followed the player around uh that would be great maybe we could just do that for marvin mims and, and uh, on on offense pat sertan for as long as he's here on, on defense and maybe that's the way to watch 2023 <laughs> Broncos. um we we will be we will be back next week uh when uh you know hopefully the team will have have beaten the bears but who knows what may have happened uh, in in the the interim? If you enjoy uh, the podcast, please do rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleRTC. I'm across social media at Cullum from Cork, and um, yeah, go Broncos! I think it was. Uh... <laughs> 
the great Eamon Dunphy uh, column who, who talks about a game between two very, very poor teams resembling a, a 3 a.m. fight between two steamingly drunk men outside a club in Lisa Street. Um, and I fancy that the Bears-Broncos is going to resemble that. Um, I, w- I would say it's not even going to be a game for the purists. It's going to be a, a game <laughs> for people who who for, for sadists. That's who it's going to be a game for. But hey, you know, we, we're, 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 we're here for the long haul. So, uh, yeah, if you if you ever remember that that uh, fleeting scene of uh, George and Jerry fighting in Seinfeld, uh, that is how I picture the Bears versus the Broncos. It's going to be a massive offensive explosion after our predictions. <laughs> it's going to be one of one of the all time great forty nine forty seven Denver over the Bears. I guarantee it. Ma- Marvin Mims over 200 yards receiving Justin Fields with 250 yards on the ground and 250 yards through the air who, who knows look forward to chatting to you again next week Stuart